0: Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Are these girls
1: going to be in the league? Hello, gorgeous.
0: Female Fight Club.
1: All men must die, but we are not men. Grab
0: it, Kristen! What do you think happened to Karen? Lauren. Girl, her name is Kimberly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode fifty. Of Citizen Dame, the podcast where four women try not to rip their hair out every day The horrors unleashed by the opposite sex As always, I am Kristen Lopez, here this week with Lauren Humphreys Brooks Hello And Kimberly Pierce Hello Karen Peterson is not here today, I think she is still uh, prepping for the inevitable fallout of me having seen life itself So I think she's probably at home binge watching this is us trying to tell herself that I'm going to be wrong on whatever it is that I say. She's preparing herself (laughs)
1: mentally for for (laughs) for the argument that's going to happen.
0: Exactly and there will be an argument Uh, but a loving one nonetheless. We miss Karen. You two are married after all. I know. Uh, We miss Karen. She is in Texas actually so see she had to go several states away just to prep for next week's uh, thoughts on this is us Um, and life itself. (laughs) Which is really the same thing at this point. Episode 51, uh. <laughs> ep- Life Itself Throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to start calling it This Is Us because that's essentially what it is. So it doesn't even have an original title. Uh, but of course we have some some garbage people, some news, some trailers, and a, a, some reviews. So we're just going to start this grab bag of episode goodness uh, with some garbage people. Where do we want to start uh, who who do we want to start with?
1: Oh God, there are a lot this week, actually.
0: Um, let's start with uh the the one that is the wonkiest to discuss, which is John Peters. Um, so this is a problem that I didn't even know was a problem. Um, so this came out uh, in Vanity Fair, um, where they were talking about um a Star Is Born since. The Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga version is going to be coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. That it was going to have a producer credit for John Peters, who John Peters is kind of an infamous figure in Hollywood. He was Barbara Streisand's hairdresser slash boyfriend, and then he became this very high powered studio head for a time. And he produced the 1976 version of A Star Is Born with Barbara Streisand, um, and it was a huge hit, but um, John Peters, in 2011, ended up paying $3 million in damages to a former assistant after a jury found she was subjected to, quote, a hostile work environment and sexual harassment. This is all courtesy of Rebecca Keegan's article on Vanity Fair. And so a lot of websites, most prominently Jezebel, posted this story uh, about how whether the fact that Peters who the allegations didn't just include hostile work environment and sexual harassment, he also exposed himself to his assistant as well as her two-year-old daughter at the time. Um, He denied everything. But Jezebel was asking, quote, In the wake of Me Too and Time's Up, a reckoning with Peter's past alleged behavior and his financial future are in order. At the very least, viewers who see A Star Is Born should understand to whom they are giving their money. And the studio actually came out and said that uh, this is from Warner Brothers they wrote quote John Peters attachment to this property goes as far back as 1976 legally we had to honor the contractual obligation in order to make this film so while he doesn't have the PGA designation at the end of his name if you see in films the lowercase PGA which the producers Guild of America uses to signify a producer that performed the majority of the producing duty so he didn't actually produce this film this this new iteration but he is legally required to be involved because the film is a, a remake of the 1976 version. Um, and so legally, Peters has rights there. Um, there, are, there are smaller sites that are making this a big thing um, and talking about how what this is going to ruin A Star is Born. What will this do? Um, and I feel a lot of those are just this whole backhanded me too is getting out of control type of thing like they want to bring it up to say hey this is ruined this is going to ruin a great movie and that's not the case as we've all seen over the last several months none of these guys get in trouble nothing fails for the most part and so i doubt this will affect a star is born in the slightest what do you guys think about this whole thing
1: Well, it's... I mean, this is where we begin to get into very thorny issues. And assuming that that the studio is telling the truth and that they have to give him credit because of whatever contractual obligations there are with the property, it it kind of sucks to then hold the movie responsible for contractual obligations that stretch as far back as 1976, um, even if he wasn't particularly involved with producing the film in any material way. So it's i mean i think it's i I agree i think it's going to be a footnote i think it's going to be one of those things that we're going to talk about for a little while and then it's kind of going to go away because of the the other things that a star is born is doing or that is not going to do i mean only a small group of people have actually seen this goddamn movie and they're already talking about it like it's going to sweep the oscars uh i would be very interested to see the reactions when you know the public has got when more critics have gotten to see it and when the the actual public has gotten to see this movie um, I'm still very much on the fence about like I I don't know man I don't. this does not look like my thing at all um, so we'll have to wait and see about that in terms of me too I mean I I. Ho, we've talked about this before Hollywood has to reckon with its past and this this man is a part of Hollywood's past uh, much in the way that Weinstein was, much in the way that, you know, we know some of the directors and producers and actors who have been either known to be sexual harassers, have known, to, have been known to be abusers over the course of Hollywood history. And we can't, on the one hand, we can't erase their contributions to Hollywood. On the other hand, we can't uh, ignore the fact that, that Hollywood is based upon the work of so many abusive men. Um, and this is just like another it's another brick in the wall basically kim
2: i i where i'm sitting with the star is born is that with this this hype for me is reaching hereditary like proportions which they've already killed my desire to see this damn movie before it's even came out you know it but in terms of what will this Due to the movie, name me one man whose career has been completely tanked, one property that has been completely tanked in the wake of these of these allegations. I am mean, he's none, none of them exactly.
0: Tj Miller, I want to say, was just announced as playing a comedy club. Uh, we already know there's people saying Louis C.K. should be brought back. I, I mean, really, the only careers that I'd say are quote unquote ruined are what Weinstein spacey
2: maybe and we'll see on spacey I, and we'll see we'll this, see exactly this, the cynic in me with spacey says give it a few give years it a year and, and a will make a comeback give it a year and a half i'm that's that's where i'm at i was just looking at the imdb for this film and he's he's a low level i mean he's not even mentioned on the imdb at least as a producer i i am in terms of the fact that A Star Is Born is a remake, I bet separate the you know once you pull out the classic film people and the film people, I bet you seventy five percent of the American public probably barely remembers that it was a remake. Ultimately, this guy's trash. This guy's a garbage person, but he's a very low level garbage oh, person. In yeah,
0: the- don't get me wrong. I'm sure there is stuff in Peter's background. Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that goes that goes deep. This um, this if-
2: tie though to this film is right uh, it's not gonna sink this movie especially and and i think it is is
1: a tenuous tie i mean when you really come down to it like you were saying this is this is almost an obligation that they can't that's where i I think
0: that that's where i think that some of these sites that are 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 really just trying to get clicks off of off of this um are just perpetuating this as like see what me too is wrought you know, now it's going to take down A Star is Born because of this incredibly tenuous connection. And I think that it really misses the point. I mean, John Peters is a horrible human being for what he did, but to, to, to bring this up in the context of will, will people respond to it? You know, will people turn away in droves? You yeah. are really missing the point of what this movement has been looking at, what it's been saying all of that I mean it, it just feels like a controversy being created for for people to both know about A Star is Born I'm sure A Star is Born the new version I mean all publicity is good publicity right so it keeps the film in, in the public eye because we're talking about it in some sense but I think at this point it's a controversy that's being used by by media mm-hmm. by entertainment sites that want to, to co-opt and get get attention, yeah. um so so i'm I'm not really on board with this if anything, just go hear kevin or Kevin Smith's story about working with John Peters trying to make a Batman movie like that is shows you just how insane John Peters was just as a person. he's a garbage person, but he's also like literally crazy, <laughs> so there's that, <laughs> um moving on to. Garbage person number
2: two.
0: Garbage person. Um, I'm just gonna get this out of the way because it's just Shane Black. We're going back to Shane Black. Um, he has he has a movie out this week, um, and there we, we talked last week about how he was he and the cast were acting like a bunch of assholes because they were pulling out of press opportunities with Olivia Munn after she complained and got a friend of his fired. Who uh, the friend was a registered sex offender, and. Sterling K. Brown was the only one to come out and say that he wasn't at TIFF when this movie premiered, so he couldn't uh, promote it, but that he supported her. Trevante Rhodes, which hurts me, and Boyd Holbrook both came out with, I'm not upset at Shane, I'm upset at the situation statements, which,
2: wait, really? Really? Okay. What about? Um, what, was that Boyd Holbrook who had the bullshit? I'm proud of her statement too. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of her, but I also did
0: pull out of events so that I wouldn't have to promote her. Fuck
2: that shit. Fuck him.
0: Yeah. Um. And then Shane Black on the red carpet. Um. At the premiere in L. A actually made an apology Um, somebody asked him about it he said quote I made an error in judgment that is irresponsible I was the captain of that ship it's my job to make sure those things don't happen and I failed I take full responsibility I'm very deeply sorry Um, and I think that that would have been great and then he went on a little bit more and said quote I hope I learned from this because it really bothers me that this movie has been overshadowed in some ways by a stupid decision that I made I'm very sorry to anybody doesn't apologize for Olivia Munn, who was directly affected by this. Um, he He's sad that the movie is overshadowed. Mind you, this is a friend who appeared in This and the Nice Guys, opposite a 14-year-old actress. Um, and I think at this point, I don't have the article, but the, the girl um, who was the the victim uh, of, of his friend came out and, and made some statements, um, and I don't have them handy, so I don't know what she said. Um, but, I mean it's a better apology than most guys have been making as this has gone on but he's waiting till now he's waiting till the red carpet in LA when it was unavoidable he could have made those statements chronically at TIFF opposite his actress there's uncomfortable video of him sitting next to Olivia Munn not saying anything And and I mean I don't want him to talk over her and say well you don't understand but at at some point in the any of those interviews he could have looked at her and said you know what I'm sorry uh, yeah. we fucked up I fucked up and I should have you should you should damn well have cast here that are supporting you and the fact that they aren't here reflects badly on me it reflects badly on them like all of that there are ways to do that so I, I applaud him for apologizing but he could have done all of that us away from a red carpet
1: yeah
0: Captain Subtext well says
1: he's
2: sorry he's sorry that he got caught Yeah, Yeah,
1: Right,
0: right, he did this before! He did this in another movie, he got away with it! So,
1: where does that lie? Exactly, it's, it's, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, we keep on reiterating this, that this is an issue of workplace safety. That, you know, and and people are like, well, doesn't this guy have the right to to work? And it's just like, well, I mean, you know, you want to believe that people are able to to fix themselves, you want to be, you know, you want to be able to believe that, um, even someone that is a registered sex offender is not going to offend again. You want to believe all of that. But, but you also have don't to disclose put registered it.
0: sex offenders in schools. <laughs> no, for exactly, a
1: exactly. But and you have to disclose it to put Olivia Munn in a position where she has now worked with a man that could have could have been a potential danger to her. Right? Or potential danger to anyone else and to basically be like, "Oh, we're now going to f- yeah, to force her to find out after the fact." And then she was the only one who made any noise about it she was the one that went to the studio to talk about it uh and all of her male co-stars are like whoa whoa, it's it's a terrible situation it's just like no this is a situation about trust this is a situation where a director has concealed this information or has has uh not informed his cast about what was going on on his set and that's there's no excuse for that like sure fine shane black has apologized just like but even that apology is just like, well, I hope I learned from this. It's just like, you have a choice about whether or not you learn from this. How hard is it not to hire your friend who is a registered sex offender? How hard? And having hired him, how hard is it to turn to your female stars or your entire cast and be like, hey, by the way, this guy that you're about to work with is a registered sex offender? Like... Well, and, and, and that's the thing, is
0: there are rules for registered sex offenders. Yeah. I mean, there are rules and to put him in a movie that starred an underage girl who was the same age as the victim that he had victimized, like, how, how do you reconcile that? In 20th Century Fox, I found this out from um, some friends on Twitter, uh, 20th Century Fox came out and said, we don't background check. Yeah. How do you not, uh, this is the only industry, and, and I know we've talked about this with child performers and, and other other issues that, that have not been solved in Hollywood. How is Hollywood the only industry that doesn't require a background check when you employ somebody?
1: It's, it's insane. I mean, there there's, there's, no, there's no reason not to do this because you're going to make your sets safer, you're going to make your performers safer, you're going to make everybody involved safer, and you're going to avoid shit like this. That does probably damage a film. That does pro. That certainly damages um, the trust that that actresses, in particular, but everybody should have for directors, for studios, for producers, for everyone. Like, dear God, just stop. Just be certain that you're not employing criminals. My God. Well,
0: and and this especially. I mean,
1: this this issue
0: really bothers me more than anything. Cause I mean, I, we we did a whole discussion about about child actors and I, I mean I say what industry doesn't background check how is Hollywood the only industry and, and honestly I shouldn't be surprised I shouldn't because Hollywood from its inception is littered with the bodies of, of poor child performers who have been abused and and cast aside um, so so hearing the chain black just thought that that employing his friend was worth more than the safety of a young girl who, who might not have ever been in any danger. Thank God she wasn't. And But we'll never know that. If, there, if anybody was, we will never, ever know that because nobody will say shit. And again, I, I just go watch on Vimeo, go find an open secret, go read books about child performers and how horrible their lives are because honestly, it's an industry that I have no idea how we continue to allow child actors to
2: work because it, it needs to stop like this being a joke. I still hear it used yeah. as oh a joke those crazy you know those crazy child actors they're messed up. Can we can we see wonder why, why. Yeah. We, <laughs> the shit that they put these kids through and maybe if if these studios were actually background checking maybe we wouldn't have half the issues we're having now but then well we also wouldn't have half of hollywood yeah well i was just that was gonna be the next sentence out of my mouth they probably don't background check because that would probably keep a shit ton of people from working yeah
1: yeah there Um, there needs there needs to be more protections for for everybody and for everybody ultimately you know what it's gonna make the industry it will make the industry better Because it will mean that people trust each other. It will mean that there isn't any of this backdoor dealing. Because at some point, the shit hits the fan. That is what we have seen with someone like Weinstein. It can take 35 years, but the shit hits the fan. And it's ugly and it's disgusting and it makes the public mistrust basically everybody.
0: So moving on (laughs) to another horrible human being <laughs> les moonvez um so les moonvez was uh gonna be leaving cbs with a very lucrative golden parachute because what better way to tell a serial sexual harasser misogynist asshole harasser than to give them 130 some odd million um and tell them they, they can go live happily ever after um so ronan farrow said no um that ain't gonna happen because he's awesome And we love him here. Um, so he published an additional... Hold on one second, I gotta move something. He published an additional, um, article uh, about how six other women had come forward to accuse Les Moonves of sexual harassment. Um, all of it is horrid, and it proves just a string of horrors that he has pretty much assaulted practically every woman he's come into contact with at one point he just said well he couldn't help it that that's literally his problem um and then there was a, a blind item included about um how he had assaulted a, a prominent actress of a detective show in the 80s which everybody seems to say is Angela Lansbury um, if it is Okay, I'm just going to be blunt. I'm going to be incredibly blunt. He deserves to burn in hell. Because oh, completely. how do you... I've been in the presence of Angela Lansbury. She is a, a fantastic human being. And I I feel for all the women that are affected. All of them. I mean, I I, I don't want to say that one is more important than the other. But Angela Lansbury, a goddamn national treasure. Like, how do you... How? And the story that is about her... Again, she's not named. This is all just hypothetical. This is a guess. The story about this this actress that he assaulted is just so horrific, and it's just so casual
2: well, in how he treated it. That's at the what time I was gonna that, say. Yeah. I've heard a few, a kind of a short list of who it could have been. the The general consensus seems to be likely Angela Lansbury. I've heard one of the actresses from Kate Nally. I think I've heard Tyne Daly thrown in there. The sheer use of power that he exercises in. That blind item because essentially she is what she the, her show's been canceled. She's her show's been distraught. canceled, and he told her he told her that nobody uh she's wanted to have sex to with her anymore,
0: she's too old. And she starts to cry and she gets up to
2: leave, and he says, I can't let you leave that way, and proceeds to ram his tongue down. It's her disgusting, throat. and he needs to burn in hell, no matter who yeah. Angela Lansbury's a goddamn treasure. And if it is, there's a special corner of hell, but no matter what whoever that woman is, it's disgusting, and he needs to not get his money, and he needs to never work in that town again
1: yeah this this whole thing i mean I, I read through the Ronan Farrell article again, um, which is just difficult to read. you know, like all of these articles have been difficult to read, all of the stuff about weinstein has been has been difficult, everything because you're like the the way that these men just this is abuse this is and this is misogyny like M- moon is the way that it's described the way that it's talked about this is just exerting your power over another person in the in the grossest and most disturbing way that you can and and just being like you know and and if you say no he's gonna ruin your career um and even if you say yes he might ruin your career <laughs> because he has that power and and that's that's disgusting that's fucked up the fact that that he has been basically you know protected by CBS for so long that he's been consistently promoted you think about all of the women who have not had careers or have had their careers derailed as a result of this man and and the and the thing is that this is just part of the same massive pattern that includes people like Louis CK that includes uh, Harvey Weinstein. That includes er- so many men. I mean, how how long has the list gotten? Hollywood about the for men-
2: the last century.
1: Yeah, about the men that have just, damn, and damaged. And I'm personally angry, not just as a woman, but as a as a lover of film and of media. I'm just like, you have taken so much culture from me now. Like to realize that these women could have could have done so much. And were stopped either either literally by by the by the choices made by a by a violently misogynist man or were frightened out of it and and to, to think about that and to just be like you know what you have taken so much from me as a viewer just as like someone who enjoys watching tv shows enjoys watching film you have destroyed so much of the culture that i should have it's like Fuck you. And, like, f- and fuck anyone who defends these men. And I'm including everybody from the people who defend Les Moonves, if, if he has any defenders, all the way down to the people that defend people like Chris Hardwick. You know, fuck you.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Um... Uh, so moving on to the last one, who put who put this one up? Was it Lauren? Yes,
1: I put this one up because this Um
0: Lauren, I'm gonna let you segue because you have thoughts on this this last person. Alright,
1: this I mean this is a much smaller story, but it became people began talking about it again because this dates all the way back to twenty fourteen before uh before Me Too kind of exploded in the in the past year um this uh so this involves uh Jean gameshi who's a a former CBC radio host I believe he also did some um, television for CBC uh, and he's a Canadian musician and way back in 2014 he basically he got fired he got fired from his CBC show for when it came out that um there were a number of women who were who had accused him of being abusive in relationships and by abusive we mean choking them holding them down hitting them without consent uh and his argument about this was well this was like a, a bdsm relationship that this was actually consensual they were all like no this was not consensual this was an abusive relationship and and what he did was like seriously damaged me it came out um, subsequently that Gomeshi was kind of known for behaving like this that he was known for mistreating his dates that he was known for mistreating women in general that he, you know, at one point he he said about a producer that he wanted to hate fuck her um, things like that and so Gomeshi, so Gomeshi gets fired. Well, fast forward to yesterday uh, the New York Review of Books decided to publish an essay by Jean Gomeshi talking about how hard it has been for him after all of this how hard it has been for his name to be a hashtag how hard it has been that he can't talk to people he can't relate to people he can't um uh he can't work in the industry that he had that he had a job in in one form or another for decades um and how really difficult and tough and 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 awful it has been for him as this man who has been tarred with this brush of being a sex offender and a sexual harasser and an abuser and this kind of exploded and people began talking about it and and reading the things that he said which it's a very badly written essay for starters but it's very similar to some of the things that we've been talking about about people like louis ck and about this whole discussion of redemption and what redemption means and what it looks like and can these men redeem themselves and can they be welcomed back into the fold and what we continuously see with men like Ameshi, with men like likely CK, is this this apology tour in which they never truly apologize they never and by apologizing i mean they never say what i did was wrong what the things that i did and i deserved to to have to leave and i have changed and i have made myself better and i am sorry for the things that i did these men never say that it's always about for me Poor, um you know i i can't i can't live my regular life and the fact that places like new york review of books have allowed these men to a massive platform in order to broadcast their self-pity is disgusting and i'm i'm sick of it the the gameshi thing hit home for me a great deal because um back in the 90s he was part of a band called moxie fruvis that was I loved as an adolescent and I mean this was like these were the first rock concerts that I ever went to um, was with this band and I actually I I've met him I hung out with him I was like 12 years old Uh, and I actually spent time with this guy and I talked to him and one of the things that um, one of his accusers has has been a very interesting essay up under the cut about was that he present he always presented himself a certain way publicly and a certain way privately and I guess that personally at that level that's that's what bothers me so much is that as a kid, and I was always with my parents, there was never like anything dangerous or anything like that but as a kid, to have known that someone that you admired and someone that you even had had met and interacted with and loved could actually be this kind of person is just incredibly disturbing so yeah and and
0: i think I think so much of it is is these sites that are letting these guys come back whether it's to pen essays or to perform they're 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 trading on the notoriety they want the attention that the notoriety is going to bring and uh, you know i i want to start holding these places accountable and be like okay you know what you want that notoriety you get it I don't have to come to your website anymore. I can tell everybody that you guys support, Like that's my prerogative, because that's what happens when you trade on wanting the attention. I mean, you have to be ready for the blowback, and you can't just say, like, oh, well, we're trying to help somebody out, Shame Black, you know, you that falls back on you. That has to fall back yeah. on you, because if it's certainly not going to fall back on the person who's doing it, then we pay with our wallets to the people that are going to let it continue.
2: It's clickbait that's what I yeah, yeah. I, it's, the,
0: it's the new clickbait they
2: are trading on these they're they're giving these men a platform men th- these people platforms for their and none of these are apologies which is you the self-pity is what gets me. nothing makes me more angry than an apology that's not an apology. You know, that ranges from, you know, I'm sorry you were offended to, you know, things like that where it's like, oh, I'm, you know, this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Oh, I should, how long does a man have to wait before he gets his career back? Bullshit. Why don't you, you know, if these were legitimate, none of these feel legitimate. None of these are directed to any, it's, the victims are being forgotten about. They're just giving these accusers a platform to vent their self-pity and they're trading this for clicks. It's disgusting and yeah. needs to stop.
1: Well, and and the the writer of the um the sort of response to to this uh in the cut is a woman named Ruth Spencer and she actually mentions um uh I think it was Dan Harmon's apology. Was it Dan Harmon?
2: he did have some trouble i don't think we talked about it but he did have some trouble a few probably months back
1: now uh maybe it wasn't her anyways yeah so uh the, there, there has been mention of dan Harmon's apology and of how that it was actually a a sense of um i'm you know that he was he actually seemed sorry he actually seemed like i hate that i did this I hate that I behaved like this, and I'm sorry for behaving like that. And that is is an actual apology. Whether or not that that excuses any, I mean, it doesn't ex- excuse anything, but it does at least say like you actually recognize that you did something wrong, versus you just want to not be held accountable for having done something wrong. Men suck. <sighs> that's
2: what boils down I think, to. I think that's uh, what we keep coming back to: is why are yeah. men? Why are men?
0: um so moving on uh we're gonna bookend with some trailers because there wasn't a whole lot of trailer uh, news out this week so we're gonna look at netflix shows so the first trailer that came out uh this week is for the coen brothers latest anthology series the ballad of buster scruggs uh this is an anthology western telling six different storylines around one man named buster scruggs um it's got a pretty impressive cast uh liam Neeson, david Crumholtz, uh brendan gleason zoe kazan steven root uh tyne Daly. we just talked about her uh tim blake nelson plays uh the title character um i am a little turned off by the fact that it has james franco in it um did we did we forgive
1: him yeah. Did, did we oh, all yeah, move He's on? done forgiven. Yeah, he, he got he got forgiven like he, ages ago. He it's, got like, his a lot little slap were like, oh, on the wrist. Oh, he didn't actually do anything wrong.
0: Just checking. Um so I'm not really down with that party so um but I, I like the Coen brothers. I'm not big on the Coen brothers doing a western cuz I the western isn't really my genre. Um, somebody did make a really funny comment they were like how do you have David Crumholtz and you don't have Oscar Isaac because essentially in the Coen Brothers <laughs> universe they are the same person um, but I, I mean this looks this looks interesting um, I would probably give it a watch um, I know it it did premiere at TIFF um, and there was there was some praise but it wasn't effusive which is interesting um, but I mean I'm I'm interested what did we all think of the trailer
1: i'm excited about this because i love the coen brothers and i love the coen brothers all the way from the the great serious films like no country for old men or blood simple all the way down to like hail caesar like i enjoy hail caesar
0: is fine i enjoy I all hail of caesar.
1: them and i like that at least based on the trailer and some of the the word of mouth coming out of tiff about this is that this seems to be not on the overly serious side but not on the totally ridiculous side. That it's kind of somewhere in between, maybe like intolerable cruelty or something like that.
0: Oh, which well, see I the only person that I think likes that movie. I
1: love that movie. Like it's loads of fun. Um and so I'm I'm down for it's a great cast. I'm down for whatever the Cohen brothers want to throw at me. Um at the very least it's going to be fun, at, you know, at the uh, at the best it'll be brilliant. And I, I I'm also very interested to see what they do with a broader format um of premiering this of showing this on netflix of it being this like massive story uh rather than being just a single two-hour film although i'm sort of confused because they're they're showing this at new york film festivals so i'm assuming that they're just showing the first part or the first couple of parts because it's definitely not going to be a six-hour film
0: yeah, this this says that it's a uh, IMDb lists a 2 hour and 12 minute runtime. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks it looks like something new and inventive for them and I'm I'm interested in the fact that they're embracing Netflix much like most people seem to be now.
2: Um so, yay. Uh Kim, what did you think? I I'm kind of all over the map with the coen brothers i've really liked some and i've really hated others i think i'm the lone voice in here who saw intolerable cruelty in theaters didn't get it didn't like it and haven't watched it oh but it's it's supposed to be a screwball i i missed it i mean granted i was young when i saw it in theaters but i missed that this i wasn't sure what i i didn't really have a reaction one way or the other i kind of felt some combination between mixing you know it felt like no country for old men rolled up into a big ball with hail caesar and kind of we'll see what it spits out um too much franco for my liking honestly i think he turned me off a bit i'll i'll see it i just i didn't didn't come away saying I hated it I'll never watch it but there wasn't enough for me to go yay I'm definitely tuning in for this as soon as it you know drops well that comes out November 16th Uh,
0: so yeah should be interesting to see the trailer that I was really excited for we're gonna talk about in a second Um, so we're gonna go into the news, we only had one news item today and we had to talk about it because why not? Um, So the internet lost its collective mind because presumably, none of this has been confirmed or denied, presumably Henry Cavill is not gonna be Superman anymore. But maybe he is, but he might not be, but he could be. I don't know. Um, So there's a lot of back and forth. So it started with this article that said that he's, um, I, I think it started with the Hollywood Reporter, that said that um he essentially said he was he was done with the character um talks broke down over him appearing in shazam as a cameo the story that i have heard from an unnamed source who will be very happy to hear hear themselves referenced um the story that i had heard was that it's not a cameo it's like a 20 minute moment um and that the rumor that I have uh, is that he wanted more money to pretty much have a, a significant kind of supporting role in the film, um, and that that didn't happen, so they just kind of stagnated. Um, and the fact that Fallout is such a hit and people are really happy about the Cavill stash kind of has given Henry Cavill some confidence and that he has decided that he's, he's out. Um, but then, through the joys of Instagram, Henry Cavill did this really weird-ass video where he's holding a Superman doll and there's music playing in the background. We don't know what it means. Um, and nobody will tell us, let alone him. Um, so nothing has really been resolved. We don't know if he's, he's gonna play... He's supposed to have one more film on his contract. Was the Shazam cameo gonna be that or was there gonna be one more movie? We already know Ben Affleck is flirting with not being batman um and dc is saying the rumor in the the hollywood reporter piece is that um they don't want to continue with the the big two at this point because of the failures of the films and that they wanted to redirect and focus on supergirl which they already have a tv show for so i don't know why we need to have in like film version and tv version um Lauren, I'm going to start with you, because you make fun of me daily for my Henry Cavill thing. So, what are your thoughts on all of this madness?
1: Um, yeah, I do make fun of you daily. Uh,
0: I know. I, and I, I, take, I take that. I accept that, because that's just... I deserve it, I think. Because, because I mean, you
1: know, I, I absolutely see... I get the appeal of Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is a very attractive man, there's no doubt about that. He's also just not a very good actor.
0: And he's also incredibly stupid,
1: and and he's also just not very bright. And that's that's Henry Cavill as a person. I'm sorry. Every time I've seen him in an interview, I'm like, "You're not very smart, are you?" Like. Like you and, and as
0: somebody who's seen many an interview, um, I can I can maybe back that up. <laughs> you're big
1: and pretty and really dumb. Like that's that's my reaction. I mean, I'm sorry, everybody. That's that's my reaction.
0: <laughs> I mean, We're gonna get so many angry Cavill fans. <laughs> he's he's probably walking back and days. forth
2: with a corner somewhere, clutching the PhD. We don't know he has.
0: <laughs> he did go to college, you know. I mean, I did mean, he? he said he was gonna. He did. He did, and he claimed. He claims. He, that if he wasn't an actor, he was going to be an Egyptologist at, at Oxford, and I just... Oh, <laughs> so were so we Oh, that's that just funny. gave me a casting
1: funny. idea that is just like... It's so funny. <laughs> <sighs> what I'm saying is I don't buy any of it. Well, well okay? no, no, just, no, I don't. I mean, may, you know, sometimes people that are very academically smart, smart appear to not be intelligent in every other way, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that he's been fine as superman it's kind of hard to to lay too much at his door given that he hasn't really been giving great scripts or great films um you know the the man of steel and batman v superman and justice league and all of that like these are not good films and even the people that we have liked in them you're kind of like this is not this isn't good um for me personally if they if you know henry cavill wants to exit and they want to get rid of ben affleck and then to decide that they're going to go in a completely different direction with the dc movies that's fine by me uh i really wish the dc would get out from underneath this we have to do really serious and dark and gritty and realistic movies and just do enjoyable standalones which might be what shazam winds up being and and that's great if so But, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna cry over the fact that Henry Cavill is no longer gonna be Superman.
0: Uh, yeah, and and I mean, the- I know you disagree on Man From Uncle, but Henry Cavill can be good when he is given the right thing, and I would say both having seen Man of Steel and Justice League more than once- I actually have never seen Justice League all the way through, I just kind of fast forward to when he's half naked and then I'm like <laughs> oh that's pleasant and then I just like go about living my life. Um, but both, neither one of those movies is good. And neither one of those know what to do with the character let alone with him. But he can be good. I would say Man From U.N.C.L.E. is a great example. I would say Fallout is a great example. I would say go back to 2003. When he made I Capture the Castle, which is a little British film, um, where he is adorable and he's able to do other things, A I don't think he wants to, B I don't think he gets good material, um, but the Instagram thing I think is what kind of lost me, cause I was just like, Kim, Kim, what did you call it, you had a great, you had a great thing for it, what you thought I said it who
2: knew Superman was a performance artist?
0: He is just a struggling art. Yeah, He he wants to be
2: a struggling performance artiste. That's the kind of shit that you see college students put up on their Instagram when they're film students trying to be arty.
0: I was like, okay, I've seen many a weird thing on Instagram, okay? But I just did not get any of what... Like, dude, just come out and tell us. Either you're in or you're out. That's all I want to know.
2: Most, and you don't need to get deep and philosophical about it. Most people I have spoken to in those circles who are passionate about that stuff seem to read that as it's not dead yet. I uh, um, this could all be much ado about. Nothing. I I am of the belief that this is pro. I, I it's I'm wondering if people were if they were using the Hollywood Reporter. I have heard a lot that this has to do yeah with contract negotiations i've heard stuff about this being faked i didn't like his superman i thought both man of steels were an absolute jokes and i hated justice league it's honestly if he doesn't want to be part of the franchise anymore good riddance i would like to see that go in it they need to go in the wonder woman direction which they keep not doing. I mean, I'm not looking forward to Shazam. I think that could be, every time I see that trailer, I just shrug. I, DC's got problems. They need to get it figured out. I think Henry Cavill unfortunately is a reminder of where that franchise was, and I think him and Batfleck both need to go. I I would be fine losing Batfleck, either way. It's, I, I mean I I was not I Kristen, you and I completely disagreed in terms of him in Fallout. I thought it was just another example of him doing his same character. However, <laughs> but it was funny. <laughs> I will also give him credit. I don't think we've seen him do what he could can do. I would like to see him get some an interesting script, an interesting film. I I would like to say he's comes off as flat and one note because he hasn't had much of an opportunity to shine. Give him some more opportunities to explore as an actor. We could be wowed. But I I think this whole Superman... He just Superman... needs to hang
0: out with Army Hammer more and like learn from him. Exactly. Army Hammer's yes. figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Army Hammer has. I, I I wanna propose alright, I've got some fan casting that I wanna propose because <laughs> okay, since, let's hear Chris, this. since and, and this is a perfect segue from what you're saying, Kim, and then since Kristen said like oh he was gonna be an Egyptologist, have any of you guys read the Amelia Peabody books? I, um, I know of them, yes. By Elizabeth Peters. Okay. Yes the description of the of the man who become who eventually becomes her husband and, and Emerson. Is like, Am I close? Yeah, Emerson. Yes. Uh, and like and this goes through the entirety of the books and they're like passionately in love with each other. But the description of him is Henry Cavill. Like he's like, <laughs> yes. you know, over six foot, broad shoulders, muscular, piercing blue eyes, wavy dark hair, you know, all of this stuff. And and actually, I think that he would be perfect as, like, this very loud, boisterous, um, romantic, sort of half-action hero, basically. And we would get him cool. in 1920s clothes. Exactly. Who also happens to be an Egyptologist. Yes.
0: I could totally... Okay, I I want
2: all of this now.
1: <laughs> See, that's, ba- that's a Seems lot be better a than my
2: fan casting I was thinking of of Indiana Jones. I want i want this amelia peabody that needs to happen
1: (laughs) it's like i I can't i just i honestly can't believe that those books have not been made into big budget movies yet like there's been some talk about them being made as like miniseries things like that i'm like no no no. these are perfect there are so many of them and this is basically about a victorian or late victorian heroine and her like flamboyantly attractive husband that's what this whole story is about I haven't
2: thought of those books in years. That is such a brilliant idea. Okay, I'm going to have
0: to read all never... these books now. I'm going to have to read these now. This is what... I'm going to the library to, on Monday. There you go. <laughs> no, to, no, seriously. Like, there you go.
1: Crocodile on the Sandbank is the first one, but just, like, they're all so much fun. Like, they're, Egypt, they're Egyptology murder mysteries. It's awesome.
0: God damn <laughs> you, <Lauren. laughs> Um It's just better than my idea, which I, I call... It, and Kim is going to get this. I call Henry Cavill our generation's John Gavin. that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm like just just look it it's, it's the same trajectory. Okay? You know John Gavin was great in his little pocket. Okay? Oh that the just world. made me so happy. Oh, yeah. oh, yep. No. yep. Just google John Gavin. You'll you'll get it yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Kids um, google
2: it. You'll get it. <laughs>
0: Moving on. So, Henry Cavill, in, in a nutshell, we don't really care if he stays a Superman or not. Just just stop making emotionally complex Instagram videos. I'm not buying it. I'm not. Okay? You know what? <laughs> just just follow Justin Thoreau's Instagram. He just posts pictures of his dog. And it's fine. Okay? And we, we don't need any, like, big soliloquy. Okay? Just stop. What if he uh, started <laughs> doing
2: the Josh Brolin Instagram thing?
0: No! Nobody needs to be Josh Brolin's Instagram ever. Okay? <laughs> I've had to stop actually because I just can't. And, and, and he writes like paragraphs. Like who does that on an Instagram caption? Well, he's naked fondling is <laughs> a fish, right? Oh god! I mean, That's he's gonna haunt my. He
1: day. seems to really love his wife. That's nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wife number three should work out. I hope. <laughs> anywho, uh, moving on to our next trailer, uh, another Netflix show. The first trailer for Chilly Adventures of Sabrina popped up. Um, this is an adaptation of the comic book. Uh, I do not believe it's a direct adaptation of the 90s television series with Melissa Joan Hart, but most people will will know of that. Um, but this is directly uh, based on the actual Chilly Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch comic books. Um, and it ta- uh, stars Kiernan Shipka as uh, Sabrina Spellman, who is a 16-year-old girl who on her 16th birthday has to choose between the witch world of her family and the human world of her friends, and also Satan. So I watched the trailer for this, and I was just enthralled. I've read a couple of the comics, and they're dark as shit, and I feel like I need to read the rest of them at this point now, because I'm intrigued. I love the look of this. I I love the, is it retro? Is it modern day? Is it in the past? I
2: don't know. Um, I don't watch. It's going to be hold a tie-in to Riverdale, isn't it? So they...
0: It, well, they're on different networks. Are they? Okay, because okay, yeah. the
2: way they splashed the name about, and I thought I heard they were the same universe. This is produced by the same
0: producers as Riverdale. and it lo- This was initially supposed to be on the CW. It looks uh... exactly CW like passed. the exact
2: same aesthetic.
1: Yeah, it
0: does. Yeah, it does because it was originally sold to the cw and then cw passed um and then it ended up on netflix so i don't know how much tie-in there's gonna be i've i've not watched riverdale and
1: and riverdale Um, is also like they they're putting their seasons on netflix yeah so
0: so i mean it could it could be a weird netflix network crossover
1: there might be some deal going on i
0: don't know yeah but either way, I am I am into this. I I love the '90s Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That was my thing back as a, a kid, and I I'm excited to see the character come back. I'm excited to see this take on it. Uh, the fact that it's on Netflix, which means there's really no restrictions. I'm interested to see how far they're going to go, and it's got a really really great cast. Lucy Davis uh, is going to and and Miranda Otto are going to play the aunts Hilda and Zelda so I'm just I'm in I'm in I want to see how this looks I want
2: more what did you guys think of it well I'm excited because Kiernan Shipka she was one of the unsung just a madman I am she was so good in that show in that tiny role that she had I am really interested to see what she can do. I mean I was a my I won't lie, my the first place my head went was to the 90s version. I was perfect age for that, perfect age for the Clar- Clarissa Explains It All. Mm-hmm. And Melissa John Hart follows me on Twitter, but she follows everybody. But
0: she didn't follow me.
2: I well,
0: fo- what the hell? Yeah, she
2: <laughs> she follows pretty much everybody. She's got a huge follow count, but it's you should start working on that.
0: I'm going to. I'm going to be all hey there, MJ. What the hell? What the hell?
2: I now, my, and but my thought watching it, I was. Intrigued. I was impressed. I actually, my, I found myself going, man, I wish I were a kid today. That's so much cooler than, <laughs> it looks so much cooler and so much more intriguing than what we had in the 90s. I was going, damn, the kids today have it awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm kind of there with you guys. I was not, Riverdale just looks incredibly bizarre to me but this sort of thing is my jam because it's got all of the cool aesthetic stuff and we've got witches we've got satan we've got like you know i can i can see that if they do it correctly it can be really cool i'm i'm with you kim i grew up with curtis explains it all and sabrina the teenage witch this looks completely different i mean that that this is not a sitcom it doesn't look like a sitcom and it, it looks kind of like it'll be Darker. It'll be on the darker end. That this isn't just going to be for for adolescents, but really for also for adults. And uh, and if they go dark with it, I am down for it. Like it looks great.
2: Well, and hopefully with Netflix, they will go. Hopefully yeah. they they will let them go a bit darker. I'd worry about this on a network. Even I mean, Riverdale seems to have a free, pretty free reign on CW, but i like the fact that it's streaming so hopefully they'll have some freedom yeah well this
0: comes out to netflix on october twenty sixth, right in time for halloween so we are all excited so we didn't have a whole lot going on this week um so we're gonna get right into some reviews um i'm gonna let lauren talk very uh about
1: colette because you saw it <laughs> colette i saw colette ages ago and i still remember the movie <laughs> um so colette is a biopic of the turn of the century french novelist and actress and bon vivant um colette who's played in this film by keira knightley and this film particularly focuses on the different complex relationships that she has with men and with women and her feelings about her society and her literary output and and develops a lot of her relationship with her husband um, Willie played by Dominic West and so the basic plot is that it opens with Colette and Willie um, sort of romancing each other and then she runs away with him they go to turn-of-the-century Paris where she's like oh this is going to be this really romantic and wonderful thing and what she basically finds out is that her husband is very famous and is constantly going through booms and busts because he spends his money as quickly as he makes it he's known to be a notorious libertine he sleeps with pretty much everybody uh and as time goes on she begins to get more to her husband's way of life and eventually begins writing um uh, claudine at school which is a Thinly veiled account of her own school days, and she's attempting to contribute to her husband's business. Her husband is a publisher of books and novels and uh, and writing that he does not actually write, but that um, he publishes under his name. He's got basically a stable of authors who write for him, and she became and she becomes one of them. Um, and then as time goes on, she begins to want to get more uh, credit and adulation and respect for herself as a novelist because the claudine books become these massively successful books and sort of catapult the two of them into this into becoming this major celebrity couple it is a very well-made film it's very pretty it's very aesthetic there's a lot of like uh the camera sweeping through these gorgeous you know belle époque rooms and you know focusing on the clothing the fashions uh, kira knightley just like wears every variety of clothing you can come across uh it's so in that sense it's a very sort of quintessential costume drama um my problem with the film was when like it it takes some of it, some of the most interesting things about uh about Cl- uh, colette's life and mentions them and sort of we get these these snapshots almost these episodic moments of her life but doesn't really go into any great great degree of depth um and that includes things like her sexuality the the gender dynamics of the time period the um her 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 bisexuality her lesbianism she has uh, a long-term relationships with women um and it's kind of it plays with those things but it's very coy about it and doesn't really spend too much time really digging into the the sort of depths and i think that it it has so many interesting elements to it that it's a shame that it doesn't actually draw any of this out that being said both kira knightley and dominic west are amazing kira knightley is someone that i don't like generally and she is actually brilliant in this part she has some Particularly, some wonderful scenes nearing the end where she really begins to come to her, to come into her own and it, and it's very much a film about her uh and and she drives it she she manages to maintain um uh her a screen presence that i was quite surprised by uh dominic west is to me one of the most underrated actors uh he's so good and he's constantly kind of like oh he's that other guy and he really shouldn't be because he's fascinating to he's fascinating to watch his character is could have so easily been this antagonist and he isn't he you actually do believe that he loves his wife um after his own fashion and he's likable and charming and you're like i really enjoy him even though he's doing some things that i really disapprove of and that so that relationship is definitely the strength of the film but not enough is made of it uh, I really wanted to see, I actually wanted to see more of Colette, I wanted to see more of her um, dealing with her society and dealing with this sort of nebulousness of sexuality and of gender, and of gender presentation um, in this time period. It does not go through her entire life, it only. It really only goes through the, the sort of beginning part of her life and the publishing of the Claudine novels and her beginning to be recognized as an actual writer so we don't get anything that happens in uh in the latter part of her life we don't really get the 1920s we don't get an extensive examination of her her other relationships beyond her husband so it's good it should have been better
0: i'm i'm interested to see it uh it's it's gotten middling reviews, yeah. but I'm definitely interested in it. Kim, you, have you seen it already? I
2: did. I saw it at Sundance. Um, what do you think? I, Lauren's actually spot on. I recall thinking mm. that I, I just wanted more. Uh, Nightly was great. I typically, I, t- I typically like Nightly, but I thought that was just such a stunning part for her. I wanted more of the later relationship the i am completely spacing out the character's name
1: but Uh, the the woman de
2: yeah the the suits and she was just the suits and the acting and i loved that whole that other side of paris that you don't you know that the artistic side the exploration of the acting and the writing and where she goes when she kind of when she's done with willie and there could have been that could have been so much more so much more interesting and while i thought it was great there could have they could have done so much more with it and made it even better
0: interesting uh it sounds it sounds good um so i'll probably i'll probably get to it at some point it's worth um i wait wait what i missed oh, no i was
1: just it, it's worth seeing like i i think yeah yeah on balance, it's worth seeing. Worth it, it could have done more, but it's 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 worth the time. Awesome.
0: Um. So I I had a three movie week. I came out of not having uh, screenings for the last like two weeks, having three to not having any next week. So go figure. Um, so, I'm not gonna talk about the one movie that I saw because it technically doesn't come out till next weekend, and I want to be here when Karen's back, because I'm thinking her and I will have very different thoughts, um, uh, but I did go see The Predator. I, I saw that Monday, I took my mom, she, she's a Shane Black fan, so I decided to go out and see it, and I have not seen any Predator movie, except this one. Not even the first one? I've never seen the 87 oh, version, so... Maybe I made a mistake going back in with this first one. Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, what everybody definitely. seems to. You need to see the first that's what everybody one, seems man. To tell me, I you know, '80s action. I just, it's not, it's not been my thing. But I mean, I do like Die Hard. So '80s action
2: versus hackneyed remakes trying to recapture '80s action. At least go for original over yeah. imitation.
0: Exactly. So, I I saw this, um, this is a a take on the 1987 version where essentially a group of commandos, uh, there's a a space alien that shows up and Boyd Holbrook has to save the day, oh, along with a bunch of other minorities that are never really utilized to any full effect, um, There's a lot of problems with this. I think as Shane Black becomes more of a studio director, he really loses his ability to tell a good story. And you have a lot happening in this movie's first, like, half hour um, that feels very front-loaded. And I didn't think we needed the autistic son. I know Jacob Tremblay is very cute, and he's, he's very sweet in this movie, but his character is just Rain Man. Which I was not, this movie is a very bizarre application of mental spectrum disorders. So not only do you have autism, which is is the Rain Man conceit, but you also have a character played by Thomas Jane who has Tourette's, which is played just as a, a regular able-bodied person thinks Tourette's is, which is just saying really gross stuff and then being able to say, well, I have Tourette's, I I can't help it. So there is a really, and I I referenced it like four times in my review because it just really bothered me. There is a scene where Thomas Jane makes a really crass, gross comment um, while he's having a quote-unquote Tourette's attack in front of Olivia Munn. And Olivia Munn is in a hotel room with six men, and she is noticeably upset and uncomfortable. And the men spend two minutes, like the joke is that, oh, they're just trying to explain to her that it's not about her. It's just his Tourette's, Mm. Um, and I was like, no, okay, I'm I'm good. Um, The humor doesn't really juxtapose well with the uh, movie. This movie really plays itself as like this ass kicking male macho movie with like raw raw music. Um, The fake blood, the the CGI is awful. There's so much fake blood for an R rated movie. It feels very squeamish about things. and just the characters you have some great actors in this movie that are wasted flat out you have trevante rhodes playing a guy who could have been our hero why is he not our hero and you waste him you have keegan michael key in some sort of weird homoerotic relationship with thomas jane and keegan michael key's character tells jokes so apparently he's just crazy I don't know. Um, none of these actors are important. The highlights of the movie are Olivia Munn, who really didn't need to complain necessarily about the the scene that's not in the movie. She should have been complaining as well about the scenes of her that are in this movie. She is, she is the hot scientist, and she has some moments where she could have, again, been the hero of this story. But the movie undercuts her it every opportunity she only escapes the predator in one scene because she's naked literally oh they God. make her nude in order to get her to escape um she's she's always the one that boyd Holbrook is telling go watch my kid go over there she literally has a moment with a big gun and she shoots herself in the foot because you know it, it, the movie's joke with that is that these men every time she picks up a gun they like duck like, because the scariest thing is bitches holding the gun. Um, and she's, she's too good for this movie. She's too good. Um, Sterling K. Brown is also way too good for this movie. He plays the villain. And again, could have been the hero. Uh, could have been the villain, anti-hero. Make him the lead. Because he's got so much charisma in the few scenes that he's got. He's terrifying. He just doesn't devil may care. He's got a great scene where he threatens a small child. And I was... Again, all of these people could have been a different take on the hero. Really retcon the '80s, which is so steeped in machismo, and have a, a black man or a, a woman play play this hero. And they let it be Boyd Holbrook, <laughs> or as I call him, Boyd Joel Hunnam Kinnaman Holbrook. What I confuse him with like eight different blonde white guys. Okay, he's that guy who's not that other guy, as I infamously <laughs> have laid out. Um he's our lead and he is so goddamn important y'all want to talk about Henry Cavill having no personality this guy is a vacuous pit of just like blah um you know he's the asshole father who doesn't spend time with his kid because he's all about the job and I didn't care i didn't care at all i if he had lived or died i I would have been like yeah that's nice um so i didn't like this movie if you if you are raised on the original predator you probably won't enjoy this movie either as many people have told me they they've enjoyed the original and they did not like this um and it's sad because this movie is a great bunch of ensemble characters holding up one bland white guy and I think that that says a lot. So, so not a fan. I and my and Mama Lopez was not a fan of of it either. So, uh, yeah, we, I know you're shaking your head. You can go go back to
2: cleaning. Thank I ju- you. I just had to. I I just <laughs> I M D B Boyd Holbrook, and I've seen the man in movies, and I have no fucking clue who he is. Exactly.
0: Exactly. He's that guy. Like that. <laughs> he's that guy. But he's not that other guy that I always think he is.
2: He's a low rent Joel Kinneman.
0: Sure, <laughs> a
2: working <laughs> man. I, is Joel Kinnaman.
0: <laughs> I think they're both the same man. So if if Lauren thinks Justin Thoreau isn't real, I think Boyd Holbrook is is just eight different white guys with blonde hair. I mean, who use the who rotate names?
1: I completely agree with you that like there there's a type of blase action hero in Hollywood right now that is just the same white guy playing different parts.
0: Yeah. And it's he's in Predator, and so
2: um, I it was, was it was a miss I was supposed to go see this, but had to drop out for a couple of things. Is uh, so fine. Olivia runs only because the scene they cut was her getting har- harassed. So her only purpose in this film is to be harassed. Is that uh, what Pretty I mean? Much.
0: There is there is literally a scene. So she shoots herself in the foot with a tranquilizer and passes out, and then she's in a hotel room with these six guys. That are just literally standing in front of her in a line and she wakes up and she wakes up to six men staring at her at the end of the bed and when she starts to freak out they're like all like oh I don't know what your problem is and I was sitting there thinking um really <laughs> really you don't know what her problem is well, let me explain um, And these guys yeah these guys act like they've never seen a woman you know there's so many cross jokes about women but then they're all uppity that she thinks they're like perverts. It's like if anybody remembers the Emma Watson scene and This is the end, and how that that film at least attempted to call out like the elephant in the room. This movie doesn't think that exists. Ew. And I was I was just like, nope. And then it's immediately followed by Thomas Jane making this incredibly crass comment in front of her. So as she's trying to head for the door. He makes this comment, and it's a it's a reference to oral sex. Um, and she's just like disgusted, and they're like, "Oh no, it's not it's not about you. He's not into you that way. He just has Tourette's." Yep. Wow. The silence says it. Wow. All. That, yeah uh-huh. yeah. So see, ladies, men don't want to rape you if they make a comment about your vagina. It's just because they're they have Tourette syndrome, right? Right? Who hasn't it's had like, that problem? And
1: yeah, We're like. like it, it's so male I mean that's so male though it's just like why would you be afraid of of waking up in a room surrounded by a bunch of men you've never met it's just like exactly. oh yeah why would that freak me out I don't know I have no idea I guess yeah. I'm there just crazy human history <laughs> they're the, they're the <laughs> men
2: on Twitter going hashtag not all men
1: yeah, exactly. oh well, I, exactly. I, exactly didn't, I wasn't thinking is. about raping it's just like well how the fuck am I
0: supposed to know that dude who are you this movie had a very simple job Sterling K. Brown Olivia Munn and a Predator. Problem fucking solved. You would have had a great movie. That would. That or would Jesus pre- Travante Rhodes, Sterling K Brown, Olivia Munn, and a
2: Predator. I mean, I would have been totally into that. That would require Shane Black to have interest in
1: people writing of color a woman. and women. Yeah.
2: And people of color. I, Keep in mind his films are also remarkably white. He yeah. the the man does what he does well, but he's a very one trick writer. That's yeah. all. And he he worked in the eighties. Yeah.
0: yep that's very true that
2: and that shows why that movie the way we we all know 80s action we all know how that went we've all seen it he's still doing the same shtick 30 years later
0: yeah predator is not good don't go see it um but the movie you should go see that lauren is going to see uh is a simple favor yeah, yeah, yeah. i i've actually seen this twice now i went with my mom last night she didn't go to the press screening with me um and I'm not going to talk about it too much because we are actually going to do a whole bonus show on this um, and talk about it in depth with spoilers. Um, but I, I will say this movie is brilliant. I absolutely freaking love this movie. I saw it again last night and it, it held up just as much as it did when I saw it on Tuesday. Um, and everything you've seen, the trailer, go in as cold as you can. Just go in as cold as you can. Um, it's it's so inventive in what it does with women um it's written by a woman it, directed by paul feig who is fantastic an honorary, um I mean. honorary <laughs> woman exactly well somebody some uh my friend mariah who works for tcm reviewed this and she compared him to george Cukor, and i can really see that oh that's um, interesting yeah george cucor most uh, if you don't know who he is was a director of quote-unquote women's pictures um did a lot of movies with katherine hepburn um and and really knew how to to film women and and showcase women and and here he is just so great at not only filming how these actresses interact with each other the script has this awareness of how women talk to each other and it breaks down so many different stereotypes um it's fantastic blake lively um i've been a blake lively stan when it wasn't popular (laughs) Um and and I've always thought she's had talent. She just needs the right roles, and this is the role for her. I mean, she is just so flawless and acid tongued, and the outfits. Um, I I tweeted this out on Twitter uh, last night, and we've all decided we want a Thin Man remake with with um Kate Blanchett and C- uh and uh Blake Lively. Oh my God. As Nick and Nora, oh my God. I want to see it. Yes, I know, right? Just a That's lot of masculine such a good suits.
2: Yeah.
0: When I'm masculine suits, one-liners, patriarchy. I want it. That I third it so tweet bad. that
2: somebody contributed about adding Janelle Monet in there. Yes, That's
0: Tiffany Vasquez. Quite, adding, the, uh, quite the
2: threesome, right there.
0: That would be fantastic. Um, so she is she is phenomenal. She almost steamrolls everybody, but. Anna Kendrick's also really great playing this mommy vlogger who, um, in in any other movie, would be this like bland, pathetic female that you just feel bad for. Uh, you know the the perils of mommyhood. Yeah, you know, this is what happens women when you give your soul over to a child. But it does something totally different with that, um, which I really appreciated. Um, I I actually wrote an article about how I think this redoes the manic pixie dream girl from a, a feminist angle, um, and it's really great. There's some great cameos. Linda Cardellini has a really great cameo in here. Um, Henry Golding made it to the five on my list. He is number five, purely because of a couple scenes in this movie and one line of dialogue where I was just like, marry me. Um, it's not the line of dialogue you're thinking. There is, there's a saucy line of dialogue, but there's actually a very nerdy line of dialogue that he, he has where I was just like, oh my God, I love you so much. Um, but I I love this. I want I would live in this world if I could. Okay. Um. I just loved everything about it. It's it's um very high on my best of the year list. I don't know if I I'd say it trumps Blind Spotting because they're very different movies. Um. But it's it's up there. It's high. So go go see it and we will talk about it in depth once once Lauren and Kim have seen it because it's it's worthy of a way more advanced discussion.
1: I'm really excited
0: yep seeing it this weekend yeah. it should be it's so good and we, I'm sure our Slack channel will be just like a crazy Blake Lively thirst fest Um, I'm excited for it so uh, what do we all have on tap this week I actually have no screenings next week I am very shocked mind you I'm getting screening invites for like October November but I don't have anything next week
1: I have all the screenings <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's right, you were at New York Film Fest. Uh, yeah,
1: the press screenings for New York Film Festival are starting, which means that, um, you know, I've, I have to look at my list exactly about what I'm seeing next week. I know that I'm seeing the other side of the wind. Um, I think I'm seeing wildlife. And I think If Beale Street Could Talk is next week also, all of which I'm very excited about. So uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's, gonna, it's always a bit of a, a hustle, but um, it's an enjoyable festival usually.
2: Kim, i only have one this week uh the sisters brothers
0: oh i think my sisters brothers screening is until uh october 1st so also that yeah.
2: that we're getting that one early that's nice yeah
0: yeah sacramento tends to get the limited release stuff really late um so yeah and the and the only other movie that i know comes out next week i've already seen I've already seen Life Itself, but we won't be talking about that until Karen comes back, so you will have to eagerly wait in anticipation. Although if you've been on my Twitter, you probably already know some things. Um, So yeah, uh, you can follow us on our official Twitter, which is at Citizen Dame, it's Citizen Dame or Citizen Dame Pod, I'm never going to remember this. Citizen Dame Pod, I believe. Uh, Our Twitter is at Citizen Dame Pod. You can also email us, Citizen Dame Pod at gmail.com, we don't get a lot of emails, but I'll, I'll trot it out there because we don't actually say it many, many times. Um, you can download the podcast on citizendame.podbean.com via Stitcher Radio. We are also on Spotify. So let us know how you're listening. And uh, if you're listening on something completely different and we're not on that, uh, we will be sure to get on that service. Um, you can also visit our official website, which is citizendamepod.com. We have our Citizen Dame 5s our Feminist Fridays that Kim writes. Uh, Lauren has reviews from time to time in the show notes. Also go up there, that give out links. You can watch the trailers that we talk about. All of that is there as well. Um, we were a little bit delayed. Karen's been very busy this week, so I think our Citizen Dame 5 for this week will essentially be what we did last week. But even then, it still works because we'll still be talking about A Simple Favor. So we are going to be talking about our favorite female-led mysteries and thrillers. So that'll be up soon, and uh, if you want to support us even further, please uh, consider donating to our Patreon, patreon.com slash citizen dame, for just a dollar, and you can get access to our wealth of uh, exclusive listener content that is not played anywhere else. You can listen to our boyfriend draft, our thoughts on the Star Wars franchise. We did, Karen and I did a whole episode uh, of audio commentary on Sicario. We also have our Jeff Goldblum appreciation episode coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, You can also hear our upcoming Man from Uncle episode when that gets recorded. We have all sorts of plans for between now and the end of the year for Patreon content. So if you don't want to miss it, you are going to want to donate patreon.com slash citizen dame and also be sure to follow each of us individually we all have different things going on in our lives Uh, you can follow me on twitter at journeys underscore film and karen is at karen m peterson kim where are you on twitter
1: at kpure 624 and lauren i am at lh business
0: and before we close out it is our 50th episode i feel like we should commemorate that in some way so why don't we all share the one thing that we are appreciative about this podcast, you know, in 50 episodes, what have we walked away with? Um, I'm gonna say I have walked away with a fonder hatred of the male sex. <laughs> um, I, I certainly am more angry than I used to be. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I am super happy that I get to hang out with these uh, Stone Cold Pack of Weirdos every week. Uh, and they are some of my best lady friends. Uh, actually best friends because I only have like one male friend so and he's he's kind of a lady at this point um <laughs> Tony doesn't listen my friend Tony doesn't listen to the podcast so I can make that joke um and he will get it uh, but but I I love doing the show every week even though I'm frustrated about the state of Hollywood and I found an outlet for people who don't find my love of henry cavill to be weird they just find it to be silly um, endearing. so endearing silly silly and endearing kim what about you how do you want to close out this episode remembering 50 episodes of citizen dame
2: the i'm right along with you this has got me the the best group of lady friends i've probably ever had some of the best group of people who i can you know be me and you know my love of bland white men with accents and (laughs) who will who will laugh at me endearingly and you know not not totally judge me but no it's just me and but and also why are men but why
1: are men i love you all (laughs) lauren uh i i that's yeah i i think i just want to echo that i i am usually angry um as as most people know but it is nice to have an outlet for that anger and to actually talk to people that um you know think think not the same way but think similarly and to agree on some things and to not not agree on others and uh and yeah it's it's been like great i've had a great time so far and i hope that you know here's to another 50 episodes
0: heck yes um karen Karen will share her thoughts. I'm sure when she comes back. So yeah, it's been it's been great to do 50 episodes. We hope to do we hope to hit 100 soon. Uh, and go even beyond that. Maybe one day we'll actually get that $500 Patreon uh, donation so that more, uh, Karen will have to watch the social network. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so yeah. Uh. We will be back next week with the full roundtable of ladies. Until then. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
2: You want to trade confessions? No, no, no. <laughs> Come on. What's the wildest thing you've ever done? Oh, I do no, I don't know. I shouldn't. You go
1: first. Okay. Um, a few months ago, Sean and I had his TA over for, um, dinner and drinks and a threesome. Was Sean jealous of him? Did I say it was a him? It's very cool, sis. Very
2: cool. You okay. Yeah. I don't mean to freak you out. Hello. I'm not
0: freaked <laughs> out. Maybe you're freaked out. Okay. I'm not freaked out. I'm cool. I'm lazy. Fair.